0: Greetings, everybody. Welcome to the Bitchin' Brew podcast, episode number five. Uh, brought to you as ever by Rantons Reviews. Wherever you are listening right now, my name is Danny Ranton and it's great to have you on board for an episode which I've been excited to put out for a little while now. My guest on Bitch and Brew this time is a true gent by the name of Connor P Laws. He is the co-founder of Failure by Design Records, one of my favourite UK punk labels around at the moment, and I use the word punk in inverted commas, as you'll learn over the course of our chat. Now I sat. Down with Connor a little while ago now, it was very impromptu. He just finished touring with Black Foxes, selling merch for them uh, as they open for Milk Teeth around the UK. This is the actually uh, this is uh, particularly exciting because it's the first guest I've had on the show that is not a musician. I know we had Ross Drummond on here a little while ago talking mainly about his podcast and not a great deal about his band. Um but Connor is the first industry figure I've had on and Brew uh, and hopefully the first of many because one of the things I, you know, had very much in mind when i started this was that i didn't want to just talk to musicians i wanted to give label people and prs and producers and promoters and fellow journalists all sorts of people uh from the industry the same sort of platform because on some occasions i think their i think their efforts in a project whether it's you know a record or just a band in general uh, are criminally overlooked and really they should be getting a similar if not equal amount of uh, of praise or credit I mean, that's what I think anyway, but we can back away from that semi-ramp for now and uh, back to Connor. So, Connor founded Failure by Design a few years back with his friend Ben Pollard, shout out. And since then, they've worked with a multitude of bands on both sides of the Atlantic. Uh, To name a few that you may be familiar with, they signed Boston Manor once upon a time, uh, Fox and the Law, Weather State, Acid Tongue, Swim Good, Gunshy. Uh, they've got a brilliantly varied roster, which we'll be going into at length over the course of my chat with Connor, uh, which probably lasted about 45 minutes. Uh, on top of that, we flicked through some sort of naughty nostalgia at the start of the podcast. Uh, I'd made a little trip to CEX before I met up with Connor, the pre-owned multimedia merchant that it is, and picked up some CDs for cheap, so there's some debate over those. Uh, There is a lot of sort of hashtag business talk in this but it goes off on some funny little tangents and I really hope that some people out there can take something away from this because Connor is a really smart guy who has worked hard to build the, the Failure by Design brand. Um, I don't want to give too much away before we dive in, but once you've heard this, keep an eye out over the next couple of days on Random's Reviews, the blog that hosts this very podcast of course, uh, for a new feature I'm starting on there called the Numbnuts Guide 2, uh, followed by an ellipsis and then the subject matter, which in the first case will be failure by design, um, I'll be breaking down their roster, taking you through some of the key parts in the label's history. And I'm also throwing together a playlist of the top 10 FBD tracks. So rantonsreviews.blogspot.com is the place for that. That'll be there in a few days' time. Uh, Don't forget to subscribe to Bitch and Brew on iTunes, on SoundCloud. Oh, and now on Acast due to popular demand. So Android phone users look alive. There's no excuses now. But in the meantime let's do this bitch and brew episode number five with connor p laws here we go are you ready i'm always ready you're I was, always I was ready. born ready i'm so <laughs> i'm so sorry i'm late no it's, fine, man, it's I, fine i can show fine. you now i can show you now where so in my bag it's the reason i'm late because the trains weren't delayed or anything i'm I excited be, i'm excited i was to just see being you. a dick but you know cex <laughs> it is it is the one <laughs>
1: Went all out at CEX today. Ah, let's see what you have got here. Here we are. Let's this is going to be
0: all northeast nostalgia.
1: I used to live. I used to work. I used to work at CEX back in the time, and I um I got fired for uh, sending a Snapchat on someone's phone to their uh, to their contact list, and apparently that was uh, a breach of the Data Protection Act. So, <laughs> so I lost my cheers CEX. Uh, funeral for a friend, R.I.P. Casually dressed and deep in conversation. Great album. Great band, everyone should check that out if they haven't already.
0: Absolute classic.
1: Finch, What It Is To Burn, my favourite album, but most people enjoy the first album.
0: What, your favourite Finch album or just your favourite album? No, 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 no.
1: this is my favourite Finch album without a doubt. One Pounds, I mean, that's uh, that's a bargain for this album. I mean, Letters To You, great album, What It Is To Burn. I mean, hits you in the feels, you know? (laughs) We'll skip that.
0: Oh, come on!
1: (laughs) This is wicked, I love this record. Darkness, Permission To Land, I mean, wow. I mean, you can't really go wrong for one quid, can you, but... It's not even one quid. Oh, wow. 20p, okay. <laughs> I mean, it'd be... Oh, I didn't even see that. It'd be rude not to buy that for 20p, then. Um, Alkaline Trio, From Here to Infinity. Great, great record. Stupid kid. Huge that was stupid. the
0: one. That was the one that was kind of like... 2001. Jesus. I, I, I mean, you know, I, I, I quite like Alkaline Trio. I've never, like... I feel a little bit ashamed to say I've never gone in on, like, one of their records. Yeah. Especially being like an employee at Hassle Records which they used to be on. Right. But Stupid Kid was always on Kerrang when I was growing up. So. It was
1: always the uh the one the heavy rotated video, wasn't it? I mean I really liked Alchemy and Trio but I preferred the Crimson to this album. Oh okay yeah. Crimson came out I think a couple albums after this. But it was a choice between this or Good Morning. Ooh, this is definitely the better one I'd say. Okay. So. I think this one's just a more complete album I enjoy that. Yeah. I remember um, when I can't I can't get on with yellow cards.
0: Can you not? No man. See I got this cuz they're playing Ocean, Ocean Avenue In my yellow card. In full at Slandon yeah, at the yeah. end of the month. Are you going to slam dunk? I am going to slam dunk. Never been to Slam Dunk. Another another secret of mine. By the by the time, by the time this podcast goes out, I will have gone to Slam Dunk. Oh well, let's hope it was good. Let's yeah.
1: i <laughs> will have to go in on a- You Ocean can End. edit it in, like it was good. It was good, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean what how much have you spent here? So £4.20 on Blaze Records. It. That's fantastic. Going That's fantastic ham and CX oh, yeah, 420 I Can't believe Yellow Card on Parlophone. That's ridiculous. I mean that picture as well in itself is terrible. How can you see anyone's face in that picture? Who signed that off? Parlophone. Give if me you answers. have a if
0: you have a CD copy of Ocean Avenue by Yellow Card, yeah. go and look at the back cover. Because the <laughs> photo is it, I mean the front cover is terrible as
1: well, but basically that you know I'm gonna this entire album is terrible. You know? Really? I, I just can't get on with it, man. Whenever I come on, I just feel like, well, let's let's move on. Let's move on. I feel bad. <laughs> I feel bad because you know. Roxanne gave it an eight out of ten. What I don't get though is that Big Cheese, mm. big up, R I P, they, they're done. They're done. They're done.
0: Mate. G- gone and done. They've done their last one. So four out of five from Big Cheese, but it's than they comment, they comment consistently perfect, <laughs> but still gave it four out of five. How does that work? I think because if they gave it five out of
1: five, then that would be the, the cornerstone of their reviews. And <laughs> Do you reckon Big Cheese are ready to say that the Yellow Card, Ocean Avenue is the best record of all time? I'll yeah, so. I don't know. I don't know. It's not for me. It's not for me Not like for this. you. Let's, you know, I'm going to put it on the bottom, cos then we can... We can... We which, can, which, we can which, rank which, these Which in... one are you
0: putting on the top?
1: <sighs> I mean, I, we're going to have to put Finch on the top. Okay. Finch, Fearful Friend, Alkaline Trio, Yellow Card, then The Darkness. I mean, I'd rather listen to Yellow Card than The Darkness. But why? No, well, just I mean, they're, they're good. They're good songwriters. But again, it's just not for me. It's like my mum loves it. And if she loves the darkness, then I mean, it'd be great to go to a darkness show with her. But I wouldn't. I wouldn't choose to go yeah. to a darkness show.
0: No, my my, <laughs> my dad went to the last darkness tour, and uh, I haven't told this story on the podcast yet. But a couple of weeks ago, uh, well, by the time you hear this, a couple of months ago, Ooh. my dad got married.
1: Well, congratulations.
0: Um, And at the end of the ceremony, after they signed the register and took all the photos and stuff...
1: I believe in a thing called Love came on.
0: I believe in a thing called Love came on the PA. And we
1: handed out about 40 inflatable guitars and microphones. And everyone and everyone had a dance. See, that's fantastic. That is fantastic. I thought you were going to say we handed out 40 copies of the record because you could buy it for a... For 20p in CEX. <laughs> there
0: were so many copies of this. <laughs> so I haven't actually introduced you. So you are Connor P. Laws. Connor P. Laws. Don't forget the P. Don't forget the P. <laughs> it is P. Good. <laughs> Pretty good. <laughs> um, you are the the boss. Do you have an official title um, at Failure by Design?
1: Only a titles that me and, and my friend Ben, who helps me, well we run the label together, um, I guess we give ourselves titles. I can't remember what he's given himself, but I, I, I just have top man. Top man. Top man, like top cat, but top man. But I'm sure that will change. So you <laughs> founded Furnier Build Design? Um, both, it was more of a collective effort. Um, many years ago when we when I lived in, in Guildford in a flat, we sort of hung out and uh, I met Ben through going to various shows in, um, at the boiler room in Guildford and going up to London with him. And uh, we just sort of collectively decided that we wanted to sort of run a record label and try and shed light onto some of especially the Guildford community and try and shed light onto some of the bands that were coming out of Guildford and were sort of trying to push onto different towns and different scenes and we thought we could we could help out as much as we could. Ben obviously does a lot of video work which he's uh, fantastic at, and I'd just finished a, a business degree, so I thought... There was, basically, there was no jobs going in the industry, <laughs> so I thought I'd just do it myself. <laughs> DIY, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah, that's how it started, and it's been a... I mean, we, we launched November 2013, um, but we did, like, I think about six months sort of pre-work beforehand, like, finding a band and... Well, that was the easy part, but, like, sort of finding some funding and... Figuring out a, like a strategy on how we wanted to launch and how we wanted to go about promoting ourselves as a business. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's nearly three years on now. So before we go on to how you kind
0: of prepared launching failure by design, oh. um, tell us. Well, you you had a coffee just before you you came here. Yeah, I needed to. I was so
1: hungry. So hungry how how fasting. was your coffee? Oh, it was it was delicious. Was know? it, it was, was it just bog standard instant? It, or? it was just. It was, I think I. Sp- it must have been a percolated cappuccino from a nice Italian restaurant. I, I like to say nice Italian restaurant, but it was just you know a coffee shop. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you know, it was. It was a I wouldn't, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't call it a bitching brew, but it was a, oh. bo- a bog
0: standard brew. <laughs> 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 but You've got yourself a nice still water now. This is the. Yeah. This is this is slowly becoming a regular place on the bitching brew podcast to record now because I came here earlier this week Ooh. with. Uh, Ross Drummond from Cheap Meat. Okay. Bitch and Brew number three. If yeah. you haven't gone to check it out yet. <laughs> Self promotion. Always Self-promotion. the way. Self promotion. Best way to plug. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but we are at the Notes, which is a lovely, quaint little cafe. In uh, drink and music, apparently. Yeah. I haven't heard the music yet, or I, mean, the, I haven't tasted the food, but they've got vegan popcorn here. I mean, does, would that taste any different to normal popcorn? We were debating this, Ross and I. Uh, we think it's just. Is margarine vegan? I wouldn't know. I'm
1: not. Yeah. A, I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I'm, I'm, not, not
0: I'm, I'm not that way inclined. Um,
1: I mean, normally for my vegan advice, if I have any, I would ask Charlie Simmons because yeah, he, he is
0: the he is the number one vegan yeah. of the of the industry. Um, but oh, yeah. big, I, w- I would not know. Charlie. I would not
1: know any difference between the vegan and the non-vegan popcorn, unfortunately. So I would I would hate to give advice. Yeah. I would hate to offer my advice for that.
0: Yeah. I feel like we don't really have a. We don't really have sufficient grounds no. to comment on vegan food. No. So no comment.
1: No, no comment. Com- no comment. No me. comment. Okay.
0: <laughs> so you've gone for just the the still water. Yeah. Which is better than refreshing. Which is better than what I went for yesterday to kick off the podcast. Yeah. When I recorded with uh, the reason you're in town is because you just uh, come off the milk teeth tour yep, selling merch for Black Foxes. But they we had tea. hmm The milk teeth. The the milk the milk tea. The milk tea, very nice, milky yeah. tea. Milky tea. <laughs> Although Becky doesn't like it too milky. Okay, just a splash she, of milk. She was very specific. Knowledge to know. Knowledge to know. So uh, we had our tea and I was like, right, you guys ready to record? And then they got called for sound check and Ooh. I was like, oh man, like, all that, all that fuss. You were there yesterday yep. in, the, in the kitchen of the joiners yep, when yep, yep. All, that over, all that
1: kerfuffle over tea and yeah, coffee and,
0: and how many mugs there were. It was a nightmare. So we drank our tea, then they sound checked and we finally got to record. And we thought, oh, I know what would be a good idea. I've never shotgunned a beer for- before, so let's start the recording by me shotgunning a beer for oh, the first Christ. time. Did and that it was go down, big tall fuck off can of Red Stripe. Oh, brilliant! And that warm was warm Red Stripe. You'll hear that in the beginning. It just sounds like, <laughs> yes, yeah, it's, it's the like the like. It's a disgusting, disgusting intro. So you had to what? Pop
1: the bottom and then open the top.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Have you ever done it? Yeah, it all comes out all in one go. Yeah, it's so like straw-pedoing something. Yeah, terrible exactly. Terrible idea, terrible
0: uh, idea. I, I had my fair share of straw-pedoing,
1: like, Copperbergs in oh, uni. God. I can't think of anything worse. Like, I'm just about to turn 25. Probably by the time this goes out, I will be 25. And I honestly... I'm so ready to retire. I'm <laughs> so ready. I'm so ready to just go to bed at 9 in... Like, I'm, my parents, they go to bed at 9 o'clock every night. I'm so ready for that. Oh, I know. I'm ready for that. I wish, like, gigs could start at, like, midday. Midday to 4. Have a bit of dinner, go to bed. You know, yeah. brilliant. Be, <laughs> Be home in time for Escape to the Country. Oh God, I love that program. It's so good, isn't it? I love that program. <laughs> I mean, recently I've been really getting involved with um, Homes Under the Hammer. Oh, no, see, I can't. I can't. I mean, it's. It, I just like the transformation. You know, someone buying a house at like 125 grand at auction, doing it up, selling it for like half a mil. Like, I love that. Yeah. Rags to riches. Not that I watch it every day. No. When it, I get the chance. You don't sound. Uh... You don't sound. I sound like I know too much information. Yeah, about
0: exactly. that's what I do. But um, you're drinking a still water. <laughs> Back to that, yeah. Uh, and I've gone. I have gone. I want to give a like. I, I gave her a shout out on Bitch and Brew number two with Muskets, but I want to give another shout out to Kate Coulson at Above the Waves Promotions because. Legend. Yeah, legend. Local legend and national.
1: National legend now. Probably by the time this podcast goes out, international legend. Ooh. Galactic legend. Galactic by legend. By the end of the year, that's the that's the uh, that's the way she needs to go. S. O. K. Coulson <laughs> for uh, giving me this. I'm
0: I'm going to sound like we're sponsored by Twinings because I mention Twinings in every single podcast, but it's just the the stuff I
1: drink. Twinings gingerbread green tea. that's fine, you know. I got. A, I think if you got sponsored by Twinings, that'd be great. I mean, a couple of years ago. Um, Me and Ben were trying to get a sponsorship from PG Tips. Oh right, yeah. I mean, it's amazing that I haven't even thought of this so far and we're (laughs) this far into the podcast. But so we started like thinking, right, how can we how can we sort of bring bands into us, like into the label? How can we sort of use something to sort of differentiate ourselves from other labels? So we thought, you know, we've got Ben doing the videos, that's great. I was like, what if we could give them like a load of free stuff, like for joining? So we reached out to PG Tips because you know everyone loves tea. Keep it tea, keep it tea, and um, they they uh, they were non-responsive. So no. cheers, PG Tips. Um, and dicks. So I mean, I completely forgot about it, and then about a week or two later, I was like, I really need to try that again. So I I, I reached out to PG Tips again, but I tagged Yorkshire Tea in it, and been like, Yo, Yorkshire Tea, PG Tips are unresponsive. They don't want to give me anything. What are you saying? Ho ho! I think I've seen this before. Mm. Did it spiral
0: into, like, it's, a massive Twitter thing where, like, Jaffa into, Cakes
1: got involved? It, well, and... it, got, it got silly. There was very many... There was many brands that we tried to get... Um, we tried to get free shit from. Um, With any success? Oh, yeah. You know, um, Yorkshire Tea, shout-outs. They sent us, over the course of a year, about 5,000 free tea bags. Um, yes. Good good guys. Good guys over at, uh, at PG... Oh, uh, no, sorry, not... P- at Yorkshire Tea. Um, so we're just coming to the end of our uh, big... Amount of free tea, and uh, we have given most of our bands when we see them free tea. So, what are you going to do with your lives once you run out of tea? <laughs>
0: probably,
1: just shut down the label. Probably hit someone else up. Probably hit Twinings up. You know, um, I can't think of any other tea companies. But we'd basically just try and get free stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and then if we can't, then I guess. I mean, I guess that's the end of the label. Is that? Is that? All oh, that it's leaning on. It's leaning on free stuff. Like basically, we started this label for free stuff.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so how far into the label was this? So this was uh, early on.
1: This was like um, around like the two-year mark. I was quite late in the game. Oh, okay. So, it was so like... recently, like yeah. I mean, sort of halfway through last year. I'd say about this time last year. Um, definitely a high point in the label. I mean, we've done some other good things, but. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so let's backtrack a little bit to how you actually. Started the started failure by design. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, you came up with it as an idea to kind of promote the the bands local to your scene, yep. Guildford scene.
1: Yeah. Um. Any any sort of what was the kind of starting point in terms of bands for you? So we. I mean, I'd been in in various bands for years beforehand, like playing around, sort of the, you know. Surrey, Hertfordshire, Bedshire area, you know, you know, the home counties and all that yeah. sort of stuff and um, luckily enough I'd become friends with quite a lot of good bands back in the day obviously being to uni with those sort of bands as well um, and we approached uh, a friend's band of ours called Swim Goods who were uh, at that time deceased, they'd, they'd stopped disbanded yeah, they'd stopped being a band not actually dead the, band, the idea of the band was the, dead, yeah. the members were very much alive and well um, but they were the band in itself was was um, R.I.P. So we reached out to them and we we're like, "Look, the record you recorded was fantastic. You're a great live band. We need something. We need someone who we can work with for this first release. And we think you guys should do it." So we basically forced them to do it. <laughs> and so was that little victory EP or was no? That... that was just the the Swim Good EP. Right. Um, so we we basically forced them to become a band again. Yeah. And uh, ran a whole nice little campaign, did it, kept it very sort of in-house, shot a nice couple of videos and then that band sort of sparked being a band again and it was great because they're, they're, they're fucking fantastic and they're great musicians and um, I think I think they needed the kick to, to crack on. Um.
0: So at this point how many people were involved in the actual labels?
1: Uh, Two, uh, just me and Ben. Yeah. Um, Has we, it been that way at all times? Or? Me and Ben are the only people who, um, I guess, if we had to do like a self-assessment form, would say we work at FBD. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, the, the good thing about FBD is that we... ..we like to work with, with whoever we can. Like, we, we want to, like, build up a great network of people and, and sort of work with as many friendly faces as we can. So, luckily enough, like, a lot of our friends are sort of moving in the right direction within the industry and... And becoming professionals, you know, in <laughs> in, 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 in inverted, in inverted, inverted, inverted commas. commas, not like that's a bad thing, but like they're getting to the point now where they where, where we can actually start working with people, and it's great because I love working with with our friends because it makes the process a lot easier, it makes the process more fun, and there's I mean I'm not, not saying that there's no pressure on it, but there is obviously pressure with every release, but it I, to me it just makes it more fun if you're working with your friends. Yeah. Um, which is very much how, I guess, we see all the, all the bands on the label as well, as, when, as mates.
0: When you're working with your friends, is it hard to, uh, like, say, when you actually need to get down to business, how, how, how do you find the... Do you find
1: that there's much of a transition when you have to get your business head on? Um, I'm the worst for it because I'll... I just... I won't, I'm not saying that um, Ben isn't, but I, I sometimes get a bit too frazzled and a bit too sort of... Not hot-headed, but I guess like I get worried that things aren't moving quick enough. So yeah. I'm always the one who's saying like I oh, think we need to do this. We need to go down this avenue. We need to go down that avenue. Ben's very much like <laughs> like he's told me to calm down many a times on on <laughs> trying to on trying to push things through. But um, I think I think there's no issues when it comes to working with friends because. There's like the mutual respect, you know. Like we all know that we need to get stuff done for a certain date, and especially if there's a release date in, in place. Yeah. Then we all know we need to work towards that and work backwards. I I think it's just about having good timekeeping at the end yeah. of the day. And
0: it's uh, <coughs> you know, listening to your current roster. Obviously, you pride yourself
1: on. It's all over the place, isn't it?
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's hard to kind of because you got you got you know bands like Swim Good and yeah. Homebound, uh, who you know sort of. I'd, I wanna say you know s- swim good and uh, uh is it a tiptoe mm-hmm. very slick sounding mm-hmm. and then you've got gunshy who you've just yeah. signed who are ethereal yeah. ethereal grungy <laughs> alt rock yep. yep. with lots of uh, intergalactic love it.
1: Love references it. I and love it. that's a good thing though like we just I mean the sec- the second band we um the third band we signed was a blues rock band from America like why why would we do that because because we've literally, at that point, we had nothing that was, we had no one telling us what, like we still don't have anyone telling us what we can do or what we can't do, but it's the end of the day, like, we wanna work with musicians and bands that we enjoy. And if we, both of us, me and Ben can sit down in another inverted quote, A&R meeting, you know? If we can sit down in one of our houses and listen to a band and go, fuck, that's amazing, and we both dig it, and we can, you know, financially afford to work with that band, it doesn't matter what sort of music they do, but it was, a, like, the Fox and the Law campaign was a stretch in everyone's, um, departments. Like, we worked with Wall of Sound for the PR, and they'd never done, like, a blues rock band before. Yeah. Um, but I just think that that sort of stuff generates a nice, sort of, arching storyline for the label. Like, we like to keep everyone on their toes on what we're going to do next. We yeah. don't, I don't want to ever... Um, get to the point where people can figure out who we're going to sign before we sign them, yeah. before we start working with them. Unfortunately, though, with the with the age of Twitter, I end up chatting about most of the bands we talk with <laughs> too much before we So even, they kind of oh, like, see it I, coming. I mean, in. if you go through all my tweets, you'll end up finding, oh, that's why they work with that band, because yeah. Connor was banging on about them for about a month. But then a month prior before that, Ben would have been like, Connor, no, you really will like this band. Yeah. So I'm like, no, man, oh, I can't get on with that band.
0: There, there are There are like a few people out there on Twitter that you kind of listen to or like you kind of follow yeah. you know cuz they're your mates or whatever mm-hmm. but like at the same time you, you follow them because you know that if they throw a a band your way or like just give a band a tweet you yeah. you kind of listen to them because you know that they're they're
1: worth picking up like I, I would hate for people to use my twitter as a, as a means to find music because I tweet about ridiculous bands half the time and so, outside of failure
0: by design, what sort of music
1: are you? A bit of a, like a pop music apologist, or no? I can't get on with pop music. It's the only. It's the only, uh, it's the only music I can't get involved with. I'll listen. I like. I like. I try to pride myself on listening to anything, at least once. You know? Yeah. But like anything from like jazz to metal, I'll listen to. Like if you look through my record collection, it's it's so varied and and weird and strange. Like I have a Slade box set. Why? Yeah. Why do I have that? And then that'll go all the way down to like, you know, really old heavy metal albums and stuff like that. And like, all the way down to Led Zeppelin, Pink Floyd, you know, all the classics yeah. and that sort of stuff. And then a bunch of just random stuff that I found and gone, yeah, that'll be hilarious. At the end of the day, I just think if you want to be involved with music, you should try and listen to it as much as possible. Yeah. And that's the thing that annoys me because I can't listen to everything. <laughs> <laughs> in, in the kind
0: of, you know, in the. Im- inverted commas, A&R meetings no, course, at FBD. Yeah. So, <laughs> so do you guys have, like,
1: an office space or...? Um, ben has an office space that he works in above the boiler room. Um, shout out the boiler room. One, yeah, that is where this podcast was birthed. There you go, one of the best uh, venues in the country, I'd say. And all-round creative spaces. Fantastic. Fantastic people, fantastic hub for creativity. Just an amazing space um so ben yeah, yeah ben's got an office up there which he does a lot of his video editing out of and i guess he would call that his office yeah i don't have an office space i just sit at home in my bedroom um <laughs> that's cool but these yeah we sort of wherever we can hang out we end up listening to music yeah. together and and uh basically just talking about music most of the time that we hang out with each other which so, is good.
0: So give me a little insight into how the sort of A&R process works. So you find a band that you can both vibe with, and you go, you know, we have, we have the potential for funding for this band.
1: Usually, so what's the next step once you hear the band on record? I'll, ta- I'll take it back to the start. Usually what will happen, maybe eight times out of ten, is say, okay, so Ben has a way of just knowing what I like. I don't know how he does it. He does it with a lot of people. He just knows what sort of music that person likes and then just bombards me with music. And I love it. So what will usually happens is Ben will send me some music and he'll go, you'll really like this. Mm-hmm. And I go, okay. And I'll, I won't listen to it <laughs> for a week or so. And he'll go, have you listened to it? And I'll go, no, I'll listen to it now. And I'll go, oh, I, just, I just don't know, man, I don't know. And he'll be like, okay, okay. And about a month later I'll go, Ben, you know that record you sent me? Yeah, it's really fucking good. Or I'll send it to him and he'll go, I know you like that. That will usually end up being a band that we want to work with. <laughs> and then we'll sit down and we'll, we'll... The moment it becomes an idea of a band that we want to work with, then, I, then my mind starts pitchforking into many different sort of areas. It's like, if we can, how we can, when we can, etc., etc. And if we've got the financial backing or if we can figure out a good spot for them like in a yearly release cycle, then we'll approach the band Try and get like the final records, and then go see them live, chat to them, see if they're genuinely nice people. Is the live
0: element because I know obviously through working for Hassle Records, mm. like the way RA and our and R meetings goes, you know, we listen to the band and. Let's
1: nice
0: pause. Let's nice pause. Yeah. <laughs> if we um, if we can, you know, if we vibe with the with the record, yeah. uh, with with at least a couple of the tracks on the mm-hmm. record.
1: Um, let's let's go and see them live. There's been a couple bands that we have not seen live before we signed them. Boston Manor is a great example. We, we obviously 'cause they're from Blackpool and we live in in Surrey, we'd never seen that band live before. In fact, the first time we saw them live was a show that we put them on in Kingston, which was on the Boston Manor Homebound tour. That was that was the first time we'd ever seen that band live, and we'd started working with them about two months before that. That's nuts. Um, but the beauty the beauty now is like you've got you've got youtube you've got the internet like yeah. these bands will have played live before and if you can't physically get to a show like with fox and the law we just found them online saw a live session of them and thought they're fantastic yeah like it, it obviously like it makes sense to see that band live before you sign them but sometimes it's difficult to actually do that yeah so as long as in my eyes as long as the record sounds great and as long as they're nice people then you know that's the three that's two out of the three elements
0: i think why the live element is so important to a lot of indie labels these days is because um you know from from doing my i, I did my university dissertation on like the, the more <coughs> industrial impact of illegal <coughs> downloading yeah, and, yeah. yeah you know researching about it knowing that there's these uh like 360 deals mm-hmm. now so where they buy into not just you know sign them up for like a three label three record deal or whatever yeah it's live it's merch live, it's merch, merch it's, video, marketing, it's it's digital, yeah.
1: it's everything so I think that's why live is so important. I mean so I guess a lot of bands make their money live now and with merchandise and especially on the level that we work with like getting like to be honest with you like getting that band out on tour is make or break yeah like you, you can see it from Boston Manor like they went out and they toured with some fantastic bands and it has done them the world of good like absolutely, they've gone on to fantastic things, and they will continue going on to fantastic things. And it also helps like with with some of the smaller bands that we work with, like um, like when we brought Fox and the Law over twice from from the States, like that that sort of raised that that band's profile to the point where people came back and saw them the second time round, and um, now. The front man is in another band that we're working with called Acid Tongue, and he's been touring all around Europe, the UK, yeah, and people have been going nuts for it. It just it makes sense for for the bands, especially that we work with, to get out as much as possible.
0: And how important is it for you to not not be sort of misconstrued as a as a strictly punk label, like because there are there are a lot of sort of uh, you know UK indie labels. Mm. It's, I mean, it's great to see them. You know, blossom and build a roster Mm. of bands, but there's a lot that can kind of get misconstrued as being strictly punk and elitist to other genres. Yeah, Um, I think
1: it's like that's. I personally, I for me, it's. I want like I want this to be my job at the end of the day. Like I want in ten years to be you know paying the bills with this label. Um, and for me, as a music fan, working in music, it makes sense for me to want to explore every avenue of music not just you know not just punk not just rock like moving on like to be honest if if there was like an electro artist who was fantastic and blowing our minds yeah we'd sit down and, and consider it like there's no there shouldn't be any um barriers to entry when it comes with just a style of music.
0: Are we talking Kraftwerk Electro or
1: slightly more sort of towards totally enormous extinct dinosaurs? Oh, well, I mean... I mean, if there was another, like, uh, Aphex Twin, that'd be sick. There'd there'd never be another Aphex Twin. Oh, I know, but, you know, like, if someone... if, If I got sent something that, like, was... A guy in his bedroom making electro music and it blew my mind. I'd show it to Ben and we'd, we'd sit down and talk about it. Like, there's no, yeah. I don't think there should, there should, I don't think there should be any harm in showing the person who we run the label with. This is exactly an idea. this is exactly
0: what I was thinking because I I decided to you know going on the uh, before I came here today go in on the Acid Tongue EP. Yeah. Because uh, I know that Charlie's been working with them Fantastic. lately and uh, you, you you sort of see the profile, you mm. see what the band look like and you see that they're from Seattle. Mm-hmm. And you kind of go, am I going to kind of know yeah. where this is going?
1: <clears throat> like, it's weird. Like, me and Ben have... me and Be- It's it's like, to me, Seattle is the best place in the world. Like, I, I really enjoy that city. And Ben's been there a bunch of times, and he really enjoys it as well. And we have this sort of... This sort of, I guess, connection with the city. Like, we've been there a bunch of times. We're getting to know the music scene out there. And there's some really... There's some fantastic bands, and there's some fantastic people over there working. And to me, like... Like that's, if we hadn't signed Fox and Law, we wouldn't know about Acid Tongue. Let's put it that way. Yeah. So, it made sense. And guy who is Acid Tongue is a fantastic musician, and he's fantastic at what he does. And I think it's it sounds like a Beach Boys record. Yeah, like that opening
0: track. It's great. It's it's, it's fantastic.
1: Like, it, well, it sounds like Beach Boys are like Buddy Holly yeah, or it's you it's know, fantastic. like and people and when they play live, it's a lot different. It's a lot more different to the record. Like it's a lot, you know, uh, I would say a lot more punkier. Like it's a little heavier. There's a lot more groove behind it. Like they sit back and they actually sort of let these songs sort of develop in a live setting. It's more than three minutes twenty when they play live, um, and they're just they're just they're just fucking great. Like I love that band. They're fantastic. Yeah. And I think a lot of people will once they once they get a, like a full length out on on wax. Like people are going to really dig that band. Yeah.
0: And here's the thing as well like branching out into the
1: so you brought that record out on um, on cassette on tape yeah yeah so I mean we were putting tapes out before I don't want to like I'd stop myself sounding cliche there but like Come on, bring on the hipster quote. I'm not because everyone calls me a hipster enough as it is. (laughs) Tapes are just fun, you know. Like tapes to me are like an extension of a digital download. Like why would you only release something digitally? I appreciate that sometimes that might work, but for me, like I'd rather spend a little bit more money and release a physical product that people can buy and enjoy, and then you get a digital download of that. So, to me, it makes it makes perfect sense. Yeah. Like they're
0: hilarious. And and the thing, the the way the way these like labels like FBD really sort of, you know, draw the most attention and get a bigger audience is through things like everyone always says, oh, you know what's really great for independent record labels and stores is Record Store Day and you Mm. could kind of go yeah, yeah, I get that, you know, the way it started and the way it's become a a massive brand Now
1: it's just become a major label play around when it comes to Record Store Day Uh,
0: Well, you know, you've got some very influential and, you know, people who can preach to a
1: huge audience, you know, like Chuck D's backing mm-hmm. it and Dave sure. Grohl's backing mm-hmm. it and that's great, you know. Well, I mean, I was working for one of the majors um, earlier this year and we were talking about Record Store Day in January, like getting pressings done of, of you know, certain artists or catalog artists that's that, that they owned the rights to. Mm. And it was very much played around like it was a, a cash cow, you know? Yeah. Let's let's make 400 copies of this record that we know we own 95% of. It's just mad profit. But, we, I mean, we as a, as a label for us, we were lucky enough to work with uh, Jack at Alcapop on the um, Sensible Labels compilation. And that was, like, without sounding too brass, that was like, a, like an honour to be part of, because we, we got asked to be part of it, um, which is... In my eyes, when we got that email, it was, it was amazing. Like, I never thought we'd, we'd get asked to be on it. I, you know, I could imagine I was asking to be on it, but not, yeah. but not the other way around. Um, and Jack's a great guy, and he's always been very supportive of what we've been doing. And yeah, it's just it a fantastic honor to be part of that. Yeah. And obviously, we put Swim Good on it because it, the second round of being like, come on, Swim Good, let's do it. Let's, yeah. let's do it because the song that's on there is too good to not be heard, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, that was, that was, that was a, a, a nice milestone for us, I feel.
0: And uh, you know, wh- where where I was kind of going with the with the record store day thing is uh... nice little pause again. I'm, these
1: I'm buses, going... man, these
0: buses. These buses. We picked the wrong place to record. <laughs> it's cool. It's cool. It's a lovely sunny day. Yeah, can't complain. Yeah. Um, so, record store day. Yeah, it, it gets people into into the stores, but it's only for one day a year. It never really? seems to. It never seems to stick. You go into yeah. an indie store any other day of the year, and
1: it's unfortunate. I did my I did my dissertation on um, on the rise, fall, and then at the time the rise again of record stores. Um, and it was a shame that I, I believe the statistic at the time was uh, was about one in fifteen record stores were closing every month, Yeah. like in an area. So I mean, Guildford used to have a record store called People's Records, um, which was. Fantastic! Like the guy, the guy who run it was just, you know, he just wanted to run a record store. He put out, he put, the, he stocked the music he wanted to stock. But you know, he never, he he never bullshitted about it. He knew that there was, it was difficult to run a record store. And when he did record store day, it was fantastic. But I feel now that Guildford's lost its record store. It's almost lost. Um, it's, it's almost lost, sort of like an arm. That's why we need places like the Boiler Room yeah. where
0: they hold the record fairs. Mm. I mean. If you are really passionate about supporting physical formats, supporting indie labels, yeah. you
1: don't go to HMV. Don't, yeah, don't, you don't buy. Your, you don't buy your records in Urban Outfitters.
0: So. I, I, yeah. Um, I, I used to work in HMV, and I remember we did, like, they attempted last year to do this whole record store mm. day thing, where it's like, all these limited vinyls, limited to one mm. per customer, mm. and all that. But it felt so, it felt so dry mm. and so. To
1: me, like these record stores, if they, if they're trying to pursue sort of a community feel or if they, uh, I mean, I don't know if they even think about that but in, in my eyes, like, every single record store in each town should have a local section you need to shed light on your local music scene and if you don't, it's going to die and if you don't have your own independent record store, I mean, the, the record store in Guildford's um, that shut down, it didn't have a local section, I mean I tried for years to try and get some of our releases in there, just because I felt, look I, even if you sell one you can keep 80% of the profits for that but if we're in that record store and you provide it as a... You know, you promote it as a local section, people will connect with you more. Yeah. And I feel that... I feel like a lot of HMVs and even... I mean, imagine if you went into Urban Outfitters and they had a local music scene section. I'd be I'd be blown or I'd be amazed that yeah. they even considered doing something like that. But that's why... I feel if your local record store shuts down, there needs to be something else to sort of take that position to promote your local music scene. And that's why we have things like independent record fairs. Exactly. People
0: are making their own zines, they're exactly. making their own t-shirts, exactly. you know. I, th- I think it's great, because like, you can... it doesn't even have to be a record store anymore. No. I, I know that being in Portsmouth, where I used to live, um, there, was a, there, there is a burrito place called Ooh. Al Burrito. Great burrito stop. Yep. We all know it. We all know, we all know it, well. it. We all love it. We all love burritos.
1: I love a wetty burrito. <laughs> did
0: did uh, did Weather State play there? Yeah. Yeah. They played there with Milk Teeth. Didn't yeah. They, they and played I there a couple it.
1: times. Yeah.
0: And um, I love that place. Ooh. And at the counter where you order your burritos, just behind the counter, they have like a little um, like think a rack of CDs saying check I... out this local music. And it it wasn't even like there, there was a band there. I feel so bad for not remembering their name. I'll put it on the end of this podcast, and I'll go and in the research footnotes. It. It'll be there. It'll, it'll be in the footnotes. But this band from France, who—it's not sport, is it? No. Oh, great I band. love sport. New they records, just fantastic. A new, oh. So
1: good. That's my summer. That's my summer album. Sorted. That is. I ours. mean, they're, an, they're a great example of a band that is um, completely. Self funding their own stuff. Like, you look at the labels that are involved with them, they've got like seven or eight different record labels. Yeah. Like, that are all I mean, Dog Nights are doing the UK release, but there's loads of other labels, like in France and Italy, in Germany, in Spain, in America, in Japan. That are like, they're obviously emailing all these people, being like, Look, we've got this record, do you want to put it out. And I just think that I think that band's fantastic, and the way they go about things is fantastic because they make a community spirit out of it, mm-hmm. you know. And then obviously. That helps them with touring because they know all these people in these specific places, so they can go and promote the record yeah. and actually, you know, big up the release. I just think, I just think everything they do is, is a great way. It all
0: seems it. incredibly chilled out, and this is uh, this is something that I think people should take away from from this. Is like you, you see a band like Sport; they're never they're never really trying to, you know, they they say, "Oh, we brought this record out, mm. you know, check it out if you have the time," as opposed to like they it's not the constant push mm. like I didn't know, that I, only, didn't know like, I didn't I mean, know I didn't know suddenly I just went on Facebook the other day mm.
1: there's a new sport record yeah. like I'm, in a, I'm think... in a group with a bunch of my friends and all we do is sort of show each other music that's that's, that's all the idea of the group is and uh, Ben chucked in like that there's a new sport record and I'd seen it been floating around before but I hadn't actually taken any time to listen to it and uh, I think that was in the space of three days of me, like, seeing it and then being like, oh, yeah, it's a new sport record. Sick. It's amazing. <laughs> but ben, I think they just, they're such a great, um, like, uh, the ideology of that band. Like, I, a lot of people, it's going slightly off tangent, a lot of people ask me and Ben, like, why or how we started the label. And I feel like a lot of people ask sport, like, how would you, how would you get these labels interested? And I think a lot of the time, I say to a lot of people is, you just do it. You just yeah. do it, man. Like the, the music's good. That's the yeah. common denominator at the yeah. end of the day. I mean, I feel if you want to do something, just like just do it. Like a lot of people are amazed. Like a lot of people I went to uni with are still like, like you're running a record label. Like, yeah.
0: Do you, Do you ever get instances where bands are pushing you and pushing you to listen to their music, and it gets to the point where you just get so pissed off that you don't listen to it? As a, as <laughs> like a. I don't think
1: pissed. I don't think pissed off is the right the right word. We, like it blows my mind that people take their time to send their music to us like even as like just listen to it and give us an opinion which I, I never would consider myself to be the person to give you an opinion on your music like I'm just a guy who wants to put records out but we do get um, I'd say like a couple of emails a week from bands asking us to put out their record of, of various music yeah. it's usually pop punk bands not gonna lie um, it's important to check out the roster of a label when you go yeah. and check it out, because
0: oh. I know that running the <laughs> running the social media for Hassle, I get so many, like, Britpop bands Ooh. messaging me to be part of a, uh, like, it's a, I, d- I don't know, I wouldn't call Hassle a punk label. I mean, because we work with Canterbats and Alkaline yeah. Trio, and, but, you know, these days we work with Lonely the Brave, mm. and we work with Cheat Meat, mm-hmm. and... We we are a rock and alternative label. We're not you're, you're, we're not you're, very pigeonholed holding to you're one. You're a rock bit. label. Like, we, I don't think we would be so passionate about a Britpop band
1: unless the Britpop band would like I once feel like, in a generation thing. I feel like those labels like of Hassles level have already created their their market. You know what yeah. I mean? Like they're ten plus years old. You know we're turned ten last year. Yeah, we're we we're, we're turning three this year. <laughs> like, and that is in my own mind ridiculous. I feel like, in ten years' time, if the label's still going, which I hope it is, will be like a lot of people will be like, oh, FBD, this is their general sound. Yeah. You know, when we put out the Boston Manor record and the Homebound record, we got pigeonholed as a pop punk label, like UK pop punk. That was us, Aww. apparently. We were UK pop-punk, apparently. Um, which is something that we... The last thing you want to be is UK pop-punk. We, we never wanted to be a UK pop-punk label, but we liked that record. That was it. That, that was the hard thing to convey to people. Like, we liked that record, mm. so we put it out. We liked the Homebound record, so we put it out. It wasn't that we are pop-punk kids. I think everyone's a pop-punk kid, really, at heart. Like, Blink-182, Green Day, just yeah. give it to me. Newfound glory. Yeah, exactly, just give or, it to me. Or, yellow card. Mmm. <laughs> mm. Mm. I mean, oh. Take the first three. But, like, I do, yeah, I I feel that's the nature of the beast. Like, you always get pigeonholes, no matter what you do. Mm. I think a lot of people uh, have been um, surprised at some of the sightings we do. Yeah. But that's what I like, you know? That's why Ac- I like. That's acid tongue that yeah. must have been like. People, when people heard that they must have been like well people have been really enjoying it which is the great stuff which she we was saying earlier um, but like I was saying sort of towards the beginning like, we, like I, I want to keep people on their toes with what we sign
0: yeah
1: I mean the ideal world is that we I'd love to announce like a mass signing of like three or four bands because yeah. that would be great that's just the rest of the year sorted for us um, but it yeah at the end of the day it's what we like if we like it we'll work with it that's the fun so
0: <laughs> if anyone was to take anything away from this rambling about independent labels yeah. rambling about independent life independent life choices if anyone wanted to kind of take away from this and make a contribution to you know setting up their own indie label
1: what is what is the first step just just do it just do it just do it man like i think A lot of people are scared of doing it or think it's... I mean, I don't want to do myself a disservice. They think it's harder than it is. Like, if you've got the financial backing and you really like a band and you want to help out, get yourself a cool name that's a brand-new lyric or a brand-new word. Anything to do with brand-new in your name or your record label. (laughs) I highly endorse that. Deja Intendu Records. Deja Records, fantastic. Fantastic name. That's done. Daisy Records, fantastic. It's in the bag. And then talk to that band, like convince them to work with you <laughs> that's the hardest part um, write, a, write, a, write a good contract where you can you can sort of make your money back and they can make their money back and put the record out and, and book a great show like just do it was that, that was the end <laughs> that is the end just, just do it just, just do, do it, it
0: all right, mega, mega cool to have Connor P. Laws on the bitch and brew. Definite figure to follow when it comes to finding your feet in the industry. Some really great insights given into uh, how independent labels work. So thanks to Connor for that. Um, I should have mentioned at the beginning. Apologies for the you know sort of abundance of background noise. We did record outside. It was a lovely day. Um, I tried my best to cut as much of it out as I could, uh, but at the same time, I kind of I kind of like the natural you know ambiance it creates so pfft. um thanks to connor and ben at failure by design for making this happen it wasn't discussed in the podcast uh because it wasn't really a thing at that point but fbd's next release is coming from a band called i told you i would eat you all one word this is one few fans of uh, emo slash post-rock hybrid things like foxing and the world is a beautiful place i mean they're so awesome they've got an ep coming out on september 23rd it's called i am not your fault there are limited colored vinyls uh, cassettes up for pre-order along with sort of all kinds of other fbd band and label merch Uh, so the place you need to go for that is failurebydesignrecords.limitedrun.com uh, do whatever you can to support the label, uh, because they really do deserve it. Uh, thanks to you, of course, for listening. If you want to be really, really cool, uh, you can subscribe on either three platforms, iTunes, SoundCloud, Acast, all of the above. Uh, links are in the description of this podcast for that. If you are feeling extra kind and generous, maybe leave a review on iTunes or SoundCloud. It genuinely helps the progression of Bitch and Brew and helps me make it bigger and better for all of you. I've got some cool future episodes of Bitch and Brew in the pipeline, so stay tuned for more on that soon. Don't forget, the Numbnuts Guide to Failure by Design Records will be live on randomsreviews.blogspot.com later this week. Um, unless you're listening to this in the not-too-distant future, in which case it's on the blog now, you know. Um, anyway, that's me for now. Thanks for listening. Peace out.